Psychedelic, in conjunction with Contrarian New Media, presents our first annual holiday extravaganza. Join us at a roundtable of financial services industry experts, ugly holiday sweaters optional, as we talk about the year that was and the year that's to come in this special two-part episode. I'm Lou Carloza, your host. Show me where to put the eggnog on the table, kick up your feet, light the fire, and let's begin. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic, and I would say thanks for tuning in to another episode of Bankadelic, but this is definitely not another episode of Bankadelic. In fact, it's two episodes. It is the Bankadelic holiday extravaganza, where in two parts, we're going to first look at the year that has just passed, 2020. And then in the second part, we're going to look ahead to 2021. And we have not one, not two, not four, not eight, but 11 fabulous guests. And I want to thank Catherine Laws and everyone at the William Mills Agency for putting this together. It was quite a feat, but hey, here we are. And what I'd like to do, since this is spontaneous, unrehearsed, And we're going to let it roll and put it on the air as it goes down. Introduce yourself. Tell us one thing about 2020 that you thought was good, even great, because we've heard so much in the news that's been a downer. Understandably, but what was one thing about the year that really stood out to you that was over and above? And then finally, I want to know what your favorite holiday song is. So take it away, anybody. I'll jump in, Lou. We might as well let one of the ladies go first here. My name is Marcy Bomberg Montoya. I'm a principal with Whipflee Accounting and Consulting Firm with 49 offices all throughout the U.S. I think for me, the one of the best things that came out of 2020, and you know, it's hard to look at the bright spots, was all the clients that I worked with. They were celebrating how strong their cultures were and how people pulled together through the crisis. And that was a wonderful thing to see. And as far as holidays are concerned, anything off of an Elvis Christmas album is where it's at for me. If you're not here with me, I'll have a blue. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> okay, who's next? Lou, this is Jill Homan with Deep Target. I'd be remiss in not saying, look, on a personal level, we almost lost my dad during the pandemic. And oh my. he didn't. And he has been through a tremendous odds, but has recovered and is doing very well. So that's a really great thing that I have to see in 2020. And in the industry, the tremendous and intense focus on the customer has been, I think, a tremendous hidden blessing in a very unwanted situation. And for favorite Christmas song for me, it has to be Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song, Always. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. Now, I could sing a little bit of that, too. But if we do that, I'm afraid that you'll all be hanging up one by one. So we'll keep it rolling here. Howdy, this is Gabe Kradzik, I'm CEO at Casasa. We are the champions yes! for community banks and credit unions and their fight against what used to be just the mega banks, but now includes the mega banks, all the fintechs and 
everybody else that's trying to get into our industry. One thing that's good about this year, for sure, I became a dad for the first time, so that's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And, you know, the beginning of the year, it was a rough start. We help institutions try to grow their checking accounts and other deposit volumes for a lot more non-interest income and primary financial institution relationships. And when all the branches shut down, man, volume just it really, really, really fell off a cliff. And it illustrated to me a couple of things came out of the year. One was that most of our clients, while I think being more well-prepared in general than most community institutions, were not fully prepared to go all the way digitally. Not enough of them had fully embraced online account opening and really created a process inside of their institution to treat that like a true additional branch. So we saw that uptick and that was a good thing. The other thing that was really good, you know, we're going to be in a on the floor rate environment for the foreseeable future. I think we all agree with that. And what we saw whenever the economy just fell to its knees this year, we saw a couple of things happen. One was we saw a lot of increase in deposits into community institutions, which was interesting, but it makes sense. It's kind of a flight to safety when people feel you know scared, they're not spending as much. We saw those balances go up. And then we immediately saw in most institutions, loan demand fell off a cliff, particularly in consumer lending. And so while the demand was there, they weren't, you know, a lot of the credits weren't right. The best thing that happened for us as a business was the results that came out of this because by using Casasa loans as the primary loan, we were able to, without marketing, without dropping interest rates, without marketing loans to a broader spectrum of credit scores, just by letting the people that were going to walk in the door, walk in the door, and then showing them Casasa loans. Just by doing that, they were able to increase total loan originations on average by 52%, which means that if you know 100 people walked in the door, it felt like 152 people walking through the door in terms of total loan penetration per consumer. And so my favorite song, Oh Holy Night. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. Todd Robertson, how about you? Yeah, thanks, Lou. I think when I look back at 2020, and the thing that I think is great out of it is the aspect that we all realized that the way we were working maybe wasn't the most impactful way that we could be working. I think we've all had to be resilient and learn different ways to interact and engage with one another, different ways to innovate, and more importantly, different ways to service our customer base and client base. At the same time, being able to keep projects going and keep the lights running and going through it. And so I think we're going to look back at 2020 as one of those years that was a hell going through it, but was certainly a year that is going to transform and innovate a lot of new thinking. And I think, you know, when I look at the holiday spirit and the song, there's one that is dear to me. It's by Alan Jackson called Let It Be Christmas. In the chorus, he says, let heavenly music fill the air, let anger and fear and hate disappear. Let there be love that lasts through the year and let it be Christmas, Christmas everywhere. And I just think with everything we've gone through this year and trying to pull together, it just kind of sums up what the holidays are about. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let anger and fear and hate disappear. Let there be love that lasts through the year. And let it be Christmas. Hey, Lou, this is Dave Hunkley, Chief Strategy Officer and an advisor to Finsley. Finsley is helping banks innovate at FinTech Speed while overcoming the challenges of legacy technology. First off, I think the biggest takeaway for us during the COVID period was we got the Finsley name out and we were 
pleasantly surprised to win back-to-back Finnovate Best of Show Awards for Enterprise Payments and also for the new Finzi Flow platform, which we're really excited about. My biggest excitement is not having been on a plane since February, really getting the opportunity to engage with people that are willing to get online and we can get even more business accomplished, which has been great. And I think, you know, generally speaking, we all finally got to the point of accepting what remote work can look like. And anybody that may have been thinking that's not a great way to work probably has a different perspective now. Maybe there's some challenges they had to overcome. But I think we've created an opportunity here where we actually can tackle within our own organization. We get access to a global workforce if we wanted to, right? Because we've taken that barrier of having to be physically present side by side away. And so it opens up a lot of opportunities. In terms of my favorite Christmas song, it's going to sound crazy, but I had Spotify on a couple weekends ago. I was doing a home office renovation project, and the song that came up three or four times that I had never heard before in my life was Dominic, the Italian Christmas Donkey. (laughs) Does anybody know this song? Well, I don't know the song, but I'm Italian. I'm like 100% Italian. Uh, Sicilian, Calabrese, Napoli Don, and the other part is pizza. You're going to regret that I told it. You. It's going to be in your head. The thing is, <laughs> that, that, that staying power it doesn't go away. No, oh, Lord. That's a brain takeover alert. <laughs> Nathan, are you there? I am here. Yeah, Nathan, I'm from uh, Z Suite Technologies. You know, when I look back at this year, the biggest thing that I'm personally grateful for is time. You know, a lot of us have already mentioned just the change in the way that we were working, but whether it be commuting or traveling for work or visiting folks, you know, all that went away and so many of us had to slow down our lives. And when I slowed down my life, that extra time that I had with family, I also used the time to kind of work on some new skills. Like for example, I mastered making homemade flour tortillas, which is absolutely delicious. Mm. They're pretty good. But then also just the extra time we had as a company to really sit down and have some more time together and think strategically of what directions we should go. You know, I think it would be remiss for any of us to say, or for me to say how grateful I am for time when we'd had other people that this was probably the busiest year they've ever had in their entire lives. Thinking, of course, healthcare workers, but even in our own industry, I mean, so many financial institutions, they were working two, three shifts a day, 24 seven, trying to process these PPP loans and those types of things, trying to help our small businesses and local businesses all throughout the country have funded. So I'm very, very grateful for that as well and that hard work that they put in. As far as my favorite Christmas song, one of them is your mean one, Mr. Grinch. And I think one of the reasons I love it so much is because it's just a great story of redemption, which I think is something that Christmas is all about. You know, no no matter how dark the days are, if you can even find a little inkling of gratitude, a little inkling of love, it can grow five times here, right? You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. And now Jerry Kraft, the CEO of CoreServe Solutions. Thank you, Lou. Delighted to be here. And on a personal level, our company's been um, with CoreServe, and we help banks with their payments, issuing Visa and MasterCard. Over 80% of banks have zero on their books. Only 1% of banks have as much as $5 million. We've got 30 banks that are participating today with that. Our company was formed in 2009, and we started work from home 
but this year I had to do it and I actually like it. Decades I've been going into the office, but have adjusted. And the advances we've seen in 21st century technology, we've changed out our software and hardware a couple times since we started. And today's technology allows for more efficient digital services and most importantly, richer customer experiences because everything really revolves around that. And that has been something that our clients enjoy. My Christmas song is Brenda Lee and Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. And that's because I grew up in the rock age, probably a little older than you, Lou, and remember that song as a youngster. great song too. Around that period you had Jingle Bell Rock and the version I love of that is the one that Daryl Hall and John Oates did. They nailed the feel of the original but also took it into their own funky 80s world which is where I'm from. Michael Ball. Hey Lou, how are you? Good to visit with you again. I remember we had a great conversation back when this pandemic first broke out. As you know, or others may not, I am with IMM. We are the e-signature company for banks and credit unions. And if I look at 2020, I would like to characterize the good or positive elements in a two-part answer. The first one being on a business front, being the e-signature company for banks and credit unions, we found that our technology became invaluable to them this year, not only to protect the safety of their employees and their customers from having to have that interpersonal contact to conduct business, but to help them navigate this and continue moving banking forward in order to move life forward by being able to conduct banking in a remote and safe manner. On a personal front, Weirdly, I decided back in January to leave my Asbury Park residence on the beach and move into a new residence that was closer to our office because I thought being closer to the office was going to increase my quality of life and reduce a couple hour commute every day. Who knew what I was going to encounter and that we were gonna wind up Proximity to the office was going to become of no consequence to anyone. But ironically, the new residence happened to have a dedicated office space in it. So I'm grateful that that choice led me to be properly equipped for our new remote working environment. So, and my favorite Christmas song is and always has been, and probably more importantly than ever is Amy Grant's version of Grown Up Christmas List. It's a song that when I listen to some of the elements that are shared in there, the words and the phrases and what they mean to us as adults about being grateful and hoping for a better world, I found to be more inspirational and meaningful to me this year than ever before.
And since you're from Asbury Park, I'm going to pinch hit for you and say that one of my favorite all-time Christmas songs is Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the cover that Bruce Springsteen did. Hey, band, y'all been good or what? There's some trouble out here. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. This is Michael Wade. I'm head of partnerships at Apex Edge. The market generally knows us as our direct-to-consumer brand, Bill Shark. But this year, we were really excited to launch Apex Edge, which is our enablement brand focused on making FIs and PFMs and other innovators heroes as we negotiate bills and cancel unwanted subscriptions. This year, I think it's been really interesting and exciting how so many businesses have pivoted to virtual. It's not where we all want to be, but hopefully as we return to some in-person normalcy, we'll also be able to maintain that virtual connectivity in terms of you know, access to arts and culture and academia that wasn't otherwise available in the past. And my favorite Christmas music is, I think, one of the all-time best jazz albums, Vince Guaraldi and the Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Okay, a little bit of holiday grace if I mispronounce your first name. Bavin, are you up? Are you ready? Hi, that's perfectly fine. It's Bobin. But I've heard heard much worse, you know. Uh, (laughs) So so that's fine. I've been called behaving, which is... <laughs> Which is not necessarily a characteristic that could be often attributed to me. Uh, no, all kidding apart. Hi, guys. I'm Pavan Durakia. I run a company called Zeta. And Zeta basically is a modern banking tech company. Our primary product, Tachyon, is a full stack, modern core credit debit processing and loans platform with an integrated mobile app that we provide to issuers globally in, in various countries that enables banks to provide a neo bank experience, sell more loans, reduce fraud increased customer engagement, et cetera. With regards to 2020, I would say, you know, the one good thing, the one positive that I find, I've been a remote worker for, well, the last eight years in many ways. And in selling in solutions to banks, we always found that we had to get a lot of in-person face-to-face meetings, which have been in many ways eliminated. And I think, you know, whilst it's always great to form bonds in person, face-to-face, you know, I guess this meeting, as you, Lou pointed out, could have been, you know, uh, interesting if it was sort of gathered together in a circle. But I do believe that, you know, lesser time spent in flights and cars with lesser traffic and higher efficiencies and reduced carbon footprint is kind of a positive silver lining. And this pattern and trend will quite likely continue. So I think that's kind of one positive. Favorite holiday song, well, I would say Old Lang Syne. I don't know if that qualifies. <laughs> It sure does. We're going to look forward to Old Lang Syne this year. I don't know about you, but I certainly am. Bob, are you there? You're up. Damn, thank you. Hey, I'm Bob Cotler. I am um, with White Clay. We are company that provides sales enablement 
pricing and profitability tools to regional banks, community banks, and credit unions. Interestingly, I spent most of the year as a banker before I came to the dark side about three months ago. Luke Bankwalker, join me on the dark side of the force. The uh, neatest thing that happened out of a bad time was our whole industry, both bankers and providers, coming together to provide PPP loans to our small business customers. And the great thing was, the last thing I did was spend six weeks of 18-hour days, seven days a week, making sure we got all that done. From a personal standpoint, the best thing I got to do this summer was because I couldn't travel, got to spend time on the water. And so as a result, my favorite Christmas song is Christmas in the Caribbean since I'm a Jimmy Buffett fan. And I'm absolutely looking forward to 2021 when I can actually get back. Christmas in the Caribbean Lots of presents everywhere We don't live in a hurry Send away from the Christmas in the Caribbean Yeah, definitely, definitely. And now I thought it would be fun to launch into a conversation about 2020. And the word that I want to use as the seed planter is pivot. We all had to pivot personally in terms of business, in terms of relationships, in terms of emotions for some of us spiritually. And all of that ties together to the work we have been called to do in the financial services industry. So I thought maybe we could have a bit of a freeform conversation about how you experienced pivoting, what types of difficulties you might have encountered, what you saw other people go through, and even how you think that might help you be ready when the next pivot comes around. So the floor is open. Lou, this is Nathan from Z Suite again. The first thing that came to mind when you said pivot is I automatically thought of the financial institutions out there. You know, those of us that have been working with them for so long, one of the common refrains that we've all seen is oftentimes how long it is to decide to move forward with the project or how long it takes to be able to implement projects. You You typically don't think of banks and credit unions as being able to move and adapt and pivot quickly. But wow, that just did my perceptions just completely change. First off, when they made the pivot from working almost 100% exclusively in person, in the offices, in the branches, to most of the time within three weeks to be completely 100% remote, you know, project that would have typically probably taken, I don't know, six months to three years, depending on the size of the financial institution and getting the right approvals and acquiring the right laptops and getting the VPN set up and all that stuff to be done in three weeks, I think just completely redefined my perspective of what our financial institutions can do. And then on the heels of that, you know, they just did that amazing pivot. And then the PPP stuff came. And the ability for so many of these financial institutions to then pivot from their production activities and and all those different types of things to take on another project in just a week's time frame. I think it's completely showed us that they can pivot, that, you know, our industry can move quickly when needed. And I think that it's paved a path for that type of speed to continue in the future. Nathan, this is Gabe. First off, it's great to hear your voice. And I want to pile on with what you said. I agree 100%. The pivot that the clients that we serve have had to make over this year is absolutely astounding. 
I mean, it's the things that you said. It's also, you know, figuring out how to spin up all of your digital marketing and things like that, which a lot of them, suddenly that was the only path that you could go get new consumers. Another thing that I think was really interesting, you mentioned PPP, which created a good amount of loan volume for the community banks that we worked with that went into that. But on the macro level, the flip from, you know, at the end of last year, 2019, almost all of our clients had high demand for more deposits. And one of the metrics we track every month is how many of our clients have their goals being tracked properly in Salesforce. And at the beginning of the pandemic, all of a sudden that metric fell down to like 20%. And so like nobody had a goal anymore. And it's because all the goals were flipping at our FIs and it started flipping from we need deposits to we need non-interest income and we need loans. And so while they're managing a pandemic, while they're shutting their branches down, while they're trying to go digital, they're also seeing macro changes to the environment and the demands that places on their balance sheet. And it was overnight. It's crazy. You know, Nathan and Gabe, I'm going to pile onto that even more. This is Marcy. You know, all the strategic plans that we did last year, you know, I thought everybody was going to fire me when I started calling everybody around because my crystal ball did not tell them what was going to be happening this year. But I was just so impressed with how quickly, you know, as we were talking through and doing these, what I call a situational assessment, you know, where are we? What do we see happening? And stop looking just at the crisis management, but really the opportunities to whether, like you said, the PPP or, you know, just being in touch and dialing in with, you know, seeing what their business customers wanted, seeing what their retail customers were looking for, and then just stepping up and moving out of their comfort zone, you know, and shifting their entire cultures so quickly, so rapidly, sometimes moving their entire strategy, you know, three-year plan got escalated, everything they wanted to do in three years got squished into six months. It was very impressive to see, and I don't think that pace is going to slow down anytime soon. Now that we've seen our clients have the ability to do it, they have the appetite to move even faster. That is so important on this digital side. We are seeing that that pace is just going faster and faster and faster. And the comfort level is there. It's really exciting to see. And this is Bob. I think the other thing that Tony saw was incredible focus. But people had to really decide what was most important. I think the other great thing was a lot of the things that happened in 20 relied on the banks, not just to do it themselves, but to rely on other providers. And I think that's drawn a lot of industry and the provider community closer together. What we saw was the banks become a little nervous. We're on the lending side and credit card and payments with consumers. But on businesses, we've had two banks come live with our program in March and June. And 98% of their accounts are business accounts. A lot of them are commercial and virtual, where they're doing accounts payable. And we saw them pivot much more because they don't use the branches as much for that, for a lot of their traffic. And they could still lend to the customers they knew well, but otherwise, a lot of our banks were real nervous on making new loans to consumers. This is Jill from Deep Target, and I guess just following up to what Jerry said, we've referred to the pivot as more of a quick twist. I tell you, one of the things that we do is we're a digital experience platform, and that just simply means we enable digital connections. So what that meant was we had spent a lot of time, energy, and effort working with our customers about what a trusted source they were in the community and educating around that. 
but in spite of, or, you know, even though everyone was really aware of that on the financial services side, what we were still primarily doing was a lot of offers, right? And a lot of not unique conversations, but one to many things. And a quick twist that we saw overnight, we saw some of the things that you guys have described, the transition from just putting out information on things like offers to all of a sudden, and we see this with our performance analytics on the backside, seeing financial literacy information through the roof in engagements, right? Community info. And what came with that was banks and credit unions and financial institutions realizing, hey, I am this trusted source. Hey, I do have this opportunity, you know, and then the gamut of branch closures and COVID policies. And then you guys mentioned deposits and loans. And we're seeing that pivot right now to deposits are up and loans are down and financial institutions are engaging just like in real person online. So, Lou, we call it a quick twist because it virtually happened, you know, overnight where we saw it being embraced by, you know, such a wonderful industry. Ah, the quick twist. Hey, Lou, it's Michael from IMM. I'm probably going to draw back to the conversation you and I had back in the spring. But for us, what we saw was a dramatic transformation in our business and our technology and the adoption in the bank and credit union space. We went from being a nice-to-have part of their infrastructure to a must-have part of their infrastructure. And that's continuing to this day. We have had our largest year ever in the adoption of new clients. And for those existing clients, their reliance on our technology literally quadrupled, especially at peaks during April and May. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing trends like that here over the next few months. But I think the thing that we enjoyed from this was really the opportunity to work more closely with our clients Because they were trying to solve problems that they were having, we became more of a consultant to them and providing them with suggestions and ideas on how to navigate the challenges they were experiencing and being able to get business done with their clients in the traditional in-person mode and being able to overcome different considerations, whether it was security or governance or compliance, whatever it might be, to still be able to leverage our technology in order to stay connected with their customers and keep those business transactions moving forward. So it's been, while you know, in light of the challenges that the pandemic has brought to our world, we've kind of, in our world, made lemonade out of lemons or maybe even lemon shots. <laughs> the lemon shots. Or as the Italians like to say, limoncello. Exactly. The name escaped me for the moment, Lou. Okay, we've got time for one more person to jump in before we take a quick break and then queue up for part two. Anybody else want to add something to the conversation here? Really some great stuff so far. Lou, I'll add a couple points. I think there's a back end to the pivot. So this week I saw Wells Fargo launching their Express branch, right, which is a digital first offering. And if I think back a long time ago, I was doing business with a company in Europe who used to question our ways in the US and they would say, you know, we've been doing this kind of stuff all along. We've had kiosks where you can do 
lot more than check your balance and get some money out of your account. So, you know, what's taking you so long over there? So it was interesting to see that happening now here. That's part one. And then the branch experience, rightfully so, will be revisited. I think there's a huge opportunity as we make this pivot, this next phase of pivot in the branch, a huge opportunity to address something somebody mentioned earlier, the financial literacy piece. Could you bring people into the branch and use the branch as an enabler? Can you help with financial literacy for people that are just getting started? Can you help small business owners be successful in managing cash flow? So there's a repurposing of the branch. I haven't really heard a lot of talk about, but it seems like there's an opportunity there. And then the second part of the pivot that I think is going to be important is as everyone goes digital, inevitably, we are leaving a segment of people behind. And so what do we do to help them? And is that digital engagement? Is it being more sensitive to the services that we're offering and making them available in different ways? There's probably something we have to do there to make sure that we don't end up with a widening equity gap. Well, this is a banking show. Let's do the math. 2020 divided by 11 terrific guests equals the number one. And all of you have done a terrific job so far. Stick around, everybody. Stick around, listeners. We will be coming back with part two of the Bankadelic Holiday Extravaganza in just a bit. Bankadelic is a production of Contrarian New Media, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.